I wouldn't take not trying as an answer. So if it's a no, then nothing will happen. But if it's a yes, and even if it fails, you're still going to have meet that one person or go to that one place that maybe struck up the next opportunity that you just don't know what it leads to. But I think that is where the greatest lessons are for Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. On today's episode, ladies, we have Alessandra Thompson. Without any prior knowledge, prior experience, with just a lot of courage, she traveled across country to join a team in real estate syndication at a very, very young age. She now is the asset manager for over 2,000 units. What I like about this episode is that she breaks down underwriting. It's a science, it's an art, and she shares her experience. What are the five topics that she takes in consideration when underwriting a deal? I hope you enjoy it. Before we get into Alessandra's story, let's hear a word from our sponsors. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show, where we are committed to inspiring and empowering women to live a financially free and balanced life. We've been doing that for five years, right, Andressa? Did we? <laughs> I don't know. Is it? Oh my gosh. What happened? It's been yeah, a journey. Five so years in and out. When people ask about podcasts, I say, listen, would you commit for five years in and out? Hell and, and sunshine, crying and cramps. Yes or no? <laughs> the answer is yes. Good to go. Yeah. If you're back with us since since that time, thank you for being back. We don't take that lightly. And if you're new to our show, thank you. We stand for women getting what they need to become financially free in a balanced way. We do that through knowledge. We do that through community. We do that through a lot of different avenues. So thank you for being with us. And Alessandra Thompson is here for with us today and this week. We're so excited to jump into your journey and your story. So thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be on this show. I've listened to you guys for a long time. So it's, it's an honor to just be here. So here's the first question. What lesson has taken you the longest to learn? When I first started, I wanted to just go, go, go. And as I've been in this industry now for almost two and a half years, I've realized that a lot of this journey has to do with patience and just 
putting in consistent work and the results don't always show up right away. But as you just continue to grow and learn each of the steps, because there's a lot to learn in this industry and like one minor mistake could really mess up your progress and a lot of your life. So I think just being patient with the process and I'm still learning things every single day. And I think it's such a great industry to be involved in, but patience has been one of the the qualities that I've adopted throughout this time. And it's been beautiful to see behind the scene, right? You work with a friend of ours, Kelly Yerusi, and uh, we know what you are up to. In this podcast, we want to really highlight your journey because you're you're young and a lot of young uh, entrepreneurs like you are questioning their potential where they're saying, oh, when I am like, I have like 10 years of experience, then I can manage assets like you're doing it right now. So I want to, I want to really before, right? Before you move across the country, all of that, paint the picture, because I don't think I know a lot of women on their twenties that really are playing the arena as you are. So I I'm sure all the, the ladies that are on their twins are going to be looking at you. So before that, did you do door-to-door sales? Did I do yes, that right? I did door-to-door sales. And I honestly credit a lot of my journey to that because it was the most like difficult thing to do in the Florida summer. And it was just rejection after rejection after rejection that one thing of patience and consistency and just good self-talk and like knowing that you're capable of doing these things. Like once you achieve that, it's so rewarding that it just kind of becomes kind of like a quality that if you can do this and you can do anything in your life, because I, I still credit that that was like one of the hardest things I've done. It's it's not easy, but I, I had the best experience. What did it. you sell, Alessandra? I sold solar panels. So mm. we went door to door and just told them about the types of tax credits that you can get on each of them. And um, it took a long time. Sometimes you'd have to go sit with these people multiple times uh, throughout the months, but it was a pretty nice reward afterwards. And I just figured because of that, I just kind of got almost addicted to the you know, keep going and what else can I achieve? And um, I turned to real estate because it was a pretty lucrative position at the time, um, the solar panel sales. And then I thought, oh, I can get into this house hacking world. And then I was like, well, I want to scale even bigger. So I was like multifamily. And so here we are. <laughs> here we are. Yeah. I know because I, I did door-to-door sales too. Oh, really? and yeah. I I remember it's it's the voice inside our own heads every time. And it's so it's multiple no's, right? The majority it's yeah. it it's no. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, I grew up in a family where I got more yeses, to be quite honest. Yeah. And then I was like, what are you, why are you being so mean yeah. to me? I'm five yeah. foot four. Yeah. Like, People how can you be this <laughs> yeah. mean of a person? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to rob you. Like, look, what's going on here? So I love what you're saying that that kind of like build the foundation and the tough skin, right? It, yeah. For, tough skin. For- definitely. It's rejection one after the other. So <laughs> Yeah, it taught me a lot too. So, when you came grateful. to the conclusion that um, you came to the realization that you didn't have what you needed and you were looking for people that had that, or because many people go to books, podcasts, 
and, and, and different mm-hmm. things, but how, how you connect the dots inside your own head? I think it has to do with my patient, the patient's problem at the beginning where I was like, well, I don't want to wait for this. Like, and like I said, with the rejection thing, when I drove across the country, if like from California to Tennessee to meet Peely, like they didn't know I was coming. But when I was there, I was like, well, the worst thing they say is no, like, I'm just going to get, it's just another no, and then I'll move to the next thing. It's just teaches you resilience, but it thankfully worked out for me. So, um, but I think that just taking those risks and opportunities that I think there are a lot of people that also just will give you the opportunity and want to help. I think a lot of people in this industry do want to help. Like this podcast right now is helping tons of people, especially women too. So I think um, they saw that I was determined and I had the drive and they, even if I didn't know a lot of stuff, I I was pretty adaptable and a fast learner. So I, I just, I figured it out. So I, still figuring it out at times too. But yeah, I think it was just the worst that can happen is no. Connect the dots for for, for those listening that don't, don't know your background. So yeah. you're, you're cross country. How did you connect with Jason and, and Peely originally and why so, them in particular? Yeah. So a while ago, back at COVID, um, the clubhouse was like a pretty popular thing. Everyone was on clubhouse in these forums. And I was like, the best way for me to learn is like, I can read books. I can listen to podcasts. Those are, have been super beneficial for my learning, but also I ask a lot of questions, even if they're silly questions. Like I just like, like talking to people. And so I joined these chat rooms and I would just make as many phone calls as I could with different people being like, what's this, what's that? How can I do this? And I spoke with Jason and Peely in the chat room. Peely would always bring me up to like the top of the, the room or whatever. And she would um, have calls with me sometimes and then I think I was just like, yeah, if you guys are ever looking for someone, like she was like, yeah, if you're, if you're ever in Tennessee, like, let us know. And I was like, yeah, we'll do. And I was just like, okay, well, I've moved like two days later. I got this apartment that I, I lived in for like two days until I found a different place, but I just showed up and I was like, okay, um, you told me to reach out to you when I was in Tennessee. So I'm here. And I was able to start working with them at least part-time. And then I was working my other job still remote. So I was just doing everything like remote job and then this job, and then also learning everything I could about this business on the side. And eventually I quit my other job and started full-time with them. And um, like I said, I've learned so much and I'm so grateful for the opportunity. I want to share something that you wrote on your form you said that a lot of people are afraid to leave their comfort zone and they they should consider asking the question, what will happen if I can't do that or if I don't take the leap? What was at stake for you? Well, I think is what will happen if I don't do this is that I'm more just like, it's harder for me to sit in like more of like the rat race feel and not feel like I could live up to my fullest potential, whether that be in my career or at um, traveling or being able to have the time to spend with your family. So I was looking for a way to kind of what would be the vehicle to get me to that place, which is like time, geographical and financial freedom. And so luckily, real estate is one of those things. I'm still not even there yet or close to there, but I know that I will get there. And Um, the things I know now have just been massive to my growth. And I think that what will happen if I don't get that is that I'm just afraid that I'm not going to be able to reach my goals or I'm going to wake up unhappy and be like, why didn't I put more effort into this when I know that I have the potential to do it all the time? Like sometimes I have even 
I have negative self-talk too, but like, I just have to keep pushing because I don't want to live in a place where I'm not exhausting what I'm capable of doing. So, and what there's just so much opportunity out there and a lot of people have access to learn. And I think that that's why these things are great to just listen to because you don't realize that everyone's very similar at the end of the day. And so if this person can do it, then why can't I do it? And so I just want it to be a kind of a part of the conversation. So I've where, where did you, did you get the courage though to move cross country? Cause yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. So let's, let's have us, uh, nobody's listening. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cause yeah. I have, I have people that I know like, yeah, like I cannot go from New Jersey to PA. Yeah. What are you talking about? It's just a bridge. I know a lot of people like that too. (laughs) And for me, I I get a little bit annoyed with that. And like, I move countries, like what the hell? You have no idea what it is. I'm leaving my family behind. They're one hour. Yeah, they're going to be okay. From you. Come on. Like what is happening here? But for you, though, what helped you with that courage? Because I, I know what it was for me was my family having like, okay, we're your safety net. If you ever fall, we're here. For you, what what helped you to make that leap? Because a lot of women that are listening right now are at that point. And I they're going to either yeah. go for it or they're considering and they're not sure. So for you... What was that moment where you said, I'm going? I think that fear is the thing that drives us from not doing the things that we want to do. So I think it's the way that we see ourselves and what we can, what we're able to do. And I think that I honestly just felt like during that time, there was nothing left to lose. And I wanted to just give myself a shot and an opportunity to just see what would happen if I did. And so I just took that leap and I lost my father when I, like a couple of years ago. And that was pretty hard to see him go through an experience of working until the day he died. And he was like 71 years old. And like, that's mm-hmm. just something that I don't want to happen to me. And And he didn't get to spend a lot of time with his family. And so for me, I just needed to find this way of like, how can I get not be in that position later on? And so it's not that I wouldn't take no for an answer, but I wouldn't take not trying as an answer. So I think a lot of people don't understand that if it's a no, then nothing will happen. But if it's a yes, and even if it fails, you're still going to have meet that one person or go to that one place that maybe struck up the next opportunity that you just don't know what it leads to. So I think that a lot of people are probably just afraid to do it because they're uncertain about what the outcome is going to be. But I think that is where the greatest lessons are for, in my opinion. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's for for all of us, right? In, in yeah. striking up that that next conversation, that next opportunity, it helps us grow. It helps. And, and you're right. What's I, I mean, I go back to what's the worst case scenario, mm-hmm. and I, you know, and that's something that drives me a lot. Like, what is the worst yeah. case scenario here, really? And then you get honest with yourself, you know, and I, I, I what was P Lee's just really quick. When I, I really want to dive into asset management. It's one of, yeah. one of the most important things that most investors miss with, with, with large multis. But what was P Lee's face when you showed up and like, what was her face? What was, what was her reaction? It was like the sweetest face. So she was just had like the biggest smile and like, let me in. I brought her like this little orchid plant and she was oh, there you go. It's just like a Hawaii flower. Ah, girl. So she I love was it. Like, oh my God. Like she was excited and. They've been great to me and 
like even today still, she has like the most happy, gracious face. And she's just, I think she just loves helping other people. And so to give me that opportunity to see me grow as well in front of them, like has been pretty special, I think for all of us. So And and that's who she is, right? Pili is just this full of like light. And I think that's so important. What I what I wanted to emphasize is that not everybody it will be a good fit for you, not because they're on stage, they are on podcast, they have a great social media presence, right? Get to know them as people mm-hmm. and 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 see it is like are we, do we share values do we yeah do i want to have their lifestyle i think many times people get consumed about the image that and then they like yeah be my mentor or that would right. be my dream no wait a minute take a step back and i think that you um looking at them as a holistic approach right they're there and then you're willing to do the work that's yeah. when the the matching the beautiful yeah. thing no, happens. It's, been, it's been great and she is exactly how she is on social media that she is in person just like a happy wonderful woman so she's to love you peelies yeah, yeah. big shout out <laughs> let her know <laughs> so yeah. let's transition to asset management for for those that are listening you know, asset management sounds like a really like big term, right? But in essence, when you're, especially when we were growing our multifamily business, you are asset managing. If you have a single family home, you're technically asset managing. You just don't call it at that level at that point, because whether you have a property manager, you don't, you just don't think in those terms. When you start scaling and you have a larger, uh, you know, larger units at stake, what have you, there's a role. Is it more of like a defined role? It's more of an identified role of an asset manager. And that's usually on the ownership side where the property manager, right, is is the, could be in your in-house or could be outsourced, but it's that, it's that other company that you're in essence managing, but ultimately who's, who's responsible. So I'd love to dive into, because so many people are enamored by the deal and the property and really, especially in large multi, right? You're going to be making yeah. your money by, by managing that asset according to the business plan, period. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So I'd love to learn about, you know, what you've seen now as as at the helm of a lot of the um, units and I know various apartment complexes you guys have. What are some do's? What are some don'ts? Let's start with the do's. What have you learned in your experience that are just like the three top musts as as an asset manager? I think uh, multi. I'll always say this is the property manager is your best friend. That is going to be your number one asset, in my opinion. I think that because they're the ones handling the day-to-day, they're the one 
that are giving you that report each week of where do we stand? Are we going in line to budget? Are we going and where are we standing on leasing? How much do we have in collections? Oh, do we need to get this tenant out? Their balance is so large or um, what kind of construction do we need to start doing? How many unit turns do we have? So they're the boots on the ground that you just want to have that constant communication with. And I've had my experience now with bad property managers and how delayed or far, like, yeah, delayed the progress of the property gets. It could be damaging to not just you, but also the investors that you have. So usually you just want to just make sure you have a good team that in place that you're just always having communication with. And then um, my second thing would be just organization, have be organized. And that seems like such an easy statement, but it's not. It's just in terms of what kind of like finishes for unit turns, like have a little packet that you have, like this is all that we use on this one, like for every single property, this is it. For budget, you have your vendors in place. So you know exactly what things are going to cost. And I think just, yeah, budget, timeline, and uh, property management, I think just keeping that very organized is the number one key, in my opinion, because things, especially when you're doing multiple assets, like it's, there's a lot to keep track of. So if you're not organized, then something's going to slip over here. And I think that that's probably second, well, that's probably the first most important thing, but property management, organization, and uh, communication with uh, everyone in the team. So that whether those are other general partners and your investors, just making sure that. Um, there's open communication, whether it's good or bad. I wanted to to just like take a quick step back because I know I know how you underwrite uh, the deals mm-hmm. and and things like that. Because I think the asset management starts before you even acquire the yeah. the, the property, right? Because yeah. you are thinking if you if you underwrite the deal, thinking like an asset manager you're going to be thinking ahead of the time. Exactly. I I can't stress that enough, especially when you're underwriting the deal. If you already know the process in place, you'll, you'll know where the numbers are going to be realistically. And it's just, you have a better understanding of how the property is going to be ran. So you're not either a inflating your numbers or also, I guess the expectations are just more realistic with that. In terms of underwriting though, it's an art and a science, right? Because mm-hmm. not everything applies and, and, you, and you different underwriters have different ways of looking at an, an asset. What have you learned from underwriting? Because I, I know right, from yeah. conversations that I have with Philly, the amount of underwriting, especially in a couple of years and what we have seen it, you're, we're underwriting more, but getting to very, very less, less yeah. deals on, on the table, right? So in terms of underwriting, what are like the top three lessons that you have learned that are like, oh, this is no negotiable. If this doesn't pass through, I don't do it for people I that think, are looking to underwrite uh, larger apartment complexes now. Yeah, I think for everyone, if you're going to underwrite a deal or if you're going to put an offer in on a deal, you need to have these four things just completely in line. You need to have the bank. So you need to have your your debt terms. Where is that? What are the rates that you're getting? What's the IO? Like you just need to have your lender in communication of where you see the property is going to be. You see a lot of people just not understanding where the current um, interest rates are. And so 
it really shifts the deal. So have that in place before you put an offer in. Two, you want to get an insurance quote, uh, in, whether that's just a proposal, you'll be able to kind of understand from, th- get them from like three different or two different, um, I guess if you have a mortgage or insurance broker, then he'll be able to get you multiple quotes and see where your property can be. But that'll also change the numbers pretty drastically and also reveal a lot of the things about the property just to begin with, because you don't know what's hiding underneath the building. So you'll kind of get, oh, this is in a, if this is in a flood zone, like, oh, this is actually going to bring up your insurance by $200 per unit. So get insurance quotes, because that'll also help with just revealing other things, but also see where it's going to be per unit. So that's debt, insurance. And then the third one, your property management team. This is super helpful, not only for what I said earlier, but also you get to get the general idea of how they run their properties. So if they have a similar one, they'll be able to give you those year one operating expenses assumptions because this is how oh this is how much we spend on contract services this is how much we do general and admin so you can just plug their numbers in if they have like a pretty similar property um so have that in place and then taxes so you want to see the taxes what are the current taxes when is it going to be increasing is it two years five years next year um that's going that could crush the deal and like by a ton so those four things. And then I'll add in a fifth one. So really look at the comparables that are uh, close to your property. Don't be choosing ones that are just completely, oh, they have a pool and a gym, but we don't have that at all. And then think that you can get those rates or if you have different square footage, or if you're in a different part of town, like I think those are very, very important as well. Uh, That's helpful for just charging on your other income as well. Like what are they are they charging water, but you're and you're not like you just want to find out to get as close and to the as close as you can to be realistic on your underwriting. Yeah, it's so important, right? And I, I want to reiterate something you said too. When you're at the underwriting stage, it's so important to have a property manager mm-hmm. on your team before you right. hire them as a property manager because right. they're a phenomenal source of not just knowledge in that local market, but they're mm-hmm. a phenomenal source of actually deal flow. And, yeah, and people they underestimate, yeah. right, property management companies is that they're always talking to owners. So they know who actually wants to sell yeah. and who wants to keep. So don't forget that. I know we just recommended that to uh, one of our Strive members in our in our community. She was just like looking at a new market. I said, call the active mm-hmm. uh, property managers in that area. And, and the other key part with this, because we've been through this <laughs> with the wrong property managers, is mm-hmm. the, uh, that they have expertise in that asset class. So you don't want to yeah. really need that. Like, oh yeah, we we managed 200 single families and now yours exactly. is going to be the first multi. It's different. You really need someone yeah. who knows multi. I'd rather have someone who has smaller multis than not have any multis in their portfolio to manage my I agree. Assets. And they have a process in place. Like they understand the game and the type of owners that they're working with. So they know like, here's right. our, well, they'll give you like budgets that they have in place and they'll also be able to, have their own like resources, vendors. And so they're doing a lot of the heavy lifting for you if they they can show up for you like that. So agreed on the single family versus the multifamily because they, they're they're accustomed to the, the quick unit turns and leasing yeah. and where the expectations of the owners are in, in terms of getting to the rents that they want to get to. So yeah, that's super important and gr- a great resource too. We've actually gotten a property like that as well. By speaking to just pro- different property managers. Yeah. Especially the ones that are the players in that community. Exactly. Um, so I don't think you did the don'ts. What's the biggest mistake 
that so many said that you've either made or you've seen others make that is like you have to learn how to avoid this mistake to be to be exactly. really you know effective. writing I just feel like it's the opposite of what I said so like a lot of people will just think that the rates are different or they're going to get a better interest rate and in like a full period of interest only and you're just that doesn't make sense. I think that not getting a debt quote is detrimental, especially with the environment that we're in right now. I think that's why there's the deals out here. Like there, you can make them work. It's the debt that's not allowing them to work. So if yeah. people are just underestimating where that's supposed to be, then they're going to be in for a rude awakening when your payments come through and they're not going to be able to cover it. So that I think would be the biggest one. And then the property management, I think that would be key. Um, I've been through a bad property manager and it puts a delay in your business plan for, for everybody involved. So those would be the two biggest things. And then another one, underestimating the CapEx, uh, the capital renovations that need to be done. I think a lot of people are like, oh, I can get away with not putting in this, but then they reveal that there was a huge pipe burst and like there's an entire... Like we had a mold damage once and it was like $60,000. So like, that's huge. And it just, if you're not going and inspecting the property or walking the property just to see what are my big ticket items that I need to repair, then you're going to dip into your reserves. If you even put any there, if you didn't even put CapEx in in the first place and um, you're going to fall short on distributions. So those would be my biggest ones. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and for those listening, CapEx, she's referring to as capital expenditures, right? So those are like the larger ticket items from, you know, roofs to windows to make, make the, the list of just, you know, those larger expenses that really take is, is critical for the building. Um, I love what you're saying, Alessandra, because it's so key to be mindful of all of that and to be conservative in all of that, especially right yeah. now. Um, Better to be conservative and, and have a great day at the end of the day than to fall short. So. Absolutely. And I, I'll have to tell you a funny story, though. Not funny, but it, it, so many owners b- during COVID were buying property, not adding any value, bumping rents, mm-hmm. like not putting anything in CapEx. And um, and you're, they're the ones coming due and they're the ones losing the properties. So. Oh, I know. I'm seeing it all over the place right yeah. now. Yeah. Which is an opportunity right on the other side. It is an opportunity. It's an opportunity. So whoever's My listening, mom always says, sure. why don't <laughs> A few people are crying. There are people selling tissues. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's why it's important to get these all together because if you have these steps in place, then you see the opportunity for those people yeah. that have fallen that you can go in and be like, well, I can make a better adjustment here. So, yeah, absolutely. It's the mismanagement of buildings. It's sometimes yeah. the things we can't see. We always look for dilapidated properties, right? But it right. could be just the, just, it's the mismanagement. Um, Alessandra, this has been great. We, we appreciate all your insights so much and, and your journey is so, so inspiring. Where can the ladies listening learn more about you? Um, so I will send my email. It's Alice, A-L-E-S-S at authenticacquisition.com. Uh, you can reach out to me there. And um, I, you, I love to help people. I love to jump on the phone call, Zoom call. So happy to help if they want to email me. Awesome. This information is going to be on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one, Alessandra, is what's the most transformational book you ever read? Probably Psycho Cybernetics. I read that a while ago, but that is the one that 
transitioned me into believing that I was capable of more and doing anything that I put my mind to. That was when I first started my journey and I read that book and I just absolutely loved it. And it changed. That's when I started solar. That's when I got into real estate. And so I think that that's maybe biased at the time I read it, but I I love it. Right. Second question is, what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life? I naturally wake up pretty early, but that's usually what helps me get a good start to my day. I like to work out. I like to um, just be very organized with how I want my day to go. And so I I like to write lists a lot and uh, just make sure that I'm hitting X amount of investors or X amount of underwriting, like just have a process in place. So I am fulfilling what I want to do to get to the next step. And last question, which woman famous or not has inspired you the most? That's a tough one. Right now, I think um, Peely has been a great inspiration for me when I first started. Um, but I I think Peely would probably be my, because it started my journey here. So I love that. Alessandra, thank you so much for your, your time and knowledge and Uh, your courage. Very inspiring. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.